This is our ninth session now on 1 Thessalonians 2, 13-16. And the question before us in this session is, what does this phrase refer to? In order to always fill up their sins. You Thessalonians, recent converts that Paul had led to Christ, both from Jews and Gentiles, you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews, who the Lord Jesus killed. So the Jews killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets, and us drove out, and God do not please, and to all people opposed, hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles that they might be saved. And in all of that, especially hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles that they may not be saved, this purpose is being fulfilled in order to always fill up their sins. What does that mean? Father, this is an ominous thought, that there is a fullness of sins after which something happens. There's a completion. There's a point that a people can reach after which something decisive happens. Father, would you show us what that was for Israel? and what it implies for us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's just think about these words before we look elsewhere for parallels. The in order to is a literal translation and really does imply that this Jesus-killing, prophet-killing, apostle-driving-out, God-displeasing, people opposing, hindering of Gentiles, has a purpose in it. And the purpose appears to be to fill up sins, as though there's this barrel, and sins start here, and then they go here, and then they go here, and they reach here, and and then something decisive happens. That's what it sounds like, right? in order to always fill up. So a purpose to bring to fullness, bring to completion a a measure of sinning, a quantity of sinning. And then what happens? And it appears that what happens is this, which we'll talk about next time. When, When these are full, this happens. Wrath has come upon them to the end. So we have to talk about that next time, but I want to just linger with you over what what does this mean? Where, Where can we find light from the scriptures on this always and this fill of sins? Let's go to this close parallel. I think it's the closest in the New Testament, indeed in the whole Bible, of what he's talking about. Here's Matthew 23, 29 to 32. Jesus says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, 
These are the Jewish leaders, hypocrites, for you build the tombs of the prophets and decorate the monuments of the righteous, saying, if we'd lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have taken part in them in shedding the blood, shedding the blood of prophets. Now, Jesus doesn't agree with that. He says, thus you witness against yourselves that you are the sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up this ironic command. Fill up then the measure of your fathers. So your fathers shed the blood of prophets. They murdered the prophets. Go ahead. Fill it up and bring to completion what they, in their measure, had achieved. And remember that back here, the Jews had killed the prophets. And now he says, go ahead. It's going to result in a filling up. All these things have happened in order to fill up their sins. What does that mean? Here's the closest Old Testament parallel. Genesis 15, the Lord said to Abram, now this is long before Egypt and long before entering the Promised Land, but he refers to both of them now. Then the Lord said to Abram, know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not there. So that's predicting the stay in slavery in Egypt, and will be servants there, and they will be afflicted for 400 years. But I will bring judgment on the nation, namely Egypt, that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions, and they shall come back here the promised land, the land of Abraham's sojourning, but which will be the inheritance of Israel. They will come back here in the fourth generation because the reason for this long delay for the iniquity of the Amorites isn't complete. So you see the idea there that we find in First Thessalonians. All these things are happening through the Jews in order to fill up, to bring to completion their iniquities. And the point here is, when the sins of the Ammonites, Amorites are completed 400 years from now, what will happen? They will be expelled from the land for those sins, which is what we see in Deuteronomy 9.5. Speaking to the Jews, not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart are you going in to possess the, the land, but because of the wickedness of these nations, which is now full. Your God is driving them out before you, and that he may confirm the word that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. So this is not a new idea when Paul says, they killed the Lord, killed the prophets, they drove us out, they displeased God, they opposed people, they hindered the gospel. To this end, 
to always fill up their sins. In other words, bring their sins to a point of fullness here so that something happens. There's going to be some crisis. Something's going to take place when the sins are full. Just a few illustrations of how this always is, in fact, the case with Israel. What does that mean, always? Here's Stephen speaking in the book of Acts, the Christian martyr Stephen, just before he's killed by this Jewish synagogue. You stiff-necked people, they're his people. Uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. Now, that always doesn't mean there never was a moment when Israel wasn't faithful. It means there has been this long, centuries-long, recurrent pattern of returning to disobedience. You see this use of this word all here, for example, in 2 Corinthians, where Paul says, we, we apostles who live are always, same word, being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. He doesn't mean that there's never a point when they're not suffering, given over to death for Jesus' sake. He means that's the standard normal pattern for us apostles. And so it was in the history of Israel for their recalcitrance. It's just amazing. You read the, the Old Testament history and you just want to groan at how frequently and regularly the people return to idolatry after God's faithfulness. Here's Hebrews 3, 7. As the Holy Spirit says in Psalm 95, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. I was provoked. This is God now. I was provoked with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. In other words, there's this generations-long pattern of hardness of heart and pushing the Word of God away and returning to idolatry, and thus this fullness is coming to pass. I want to end like this. Lest we Gentiles think that Jewish people are especially sinful because of the way Paul is speaking Listen to what Paul says here in Romans. What then? Are we Jews? Notice the we. He's always part of his people. He always loves his people, no matter how painfully, negatively he must speak of them. We Jews, are we any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jew and Greek, that's everybody, are under sin. This is a human plight, as it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. Now watch this. Now, we know that whatever the law says, and I've left out here a bunch of the quotes from the law, but this is one, whatever the law says, whatever the Old Testament says, it speaks to those who are under the law, that's Jews, so that Every mouth, that's us, everybody. So that every mouth is stopped 
and the whole world is accountable before God. In other words, whatever God is doing with the Jewish people in speaking to them in their sinfulness and pointing out their recalcitrance, the point is that if the Jewish people, with all their advantages, could not achieve rightness with God, what's the hope for the rest of us? Nothing. Nothing. There is no hope, which is why this moves then to a righteousness that is not from the law or from any Jewish distinctives or any Gentile distinctives, a righteousness that comes from God through faith in the cross. So the point here is, Paul is saying that the sum of all these resistances to the Messiah to his prophets, to his apostles, to God himself, to all people, has this strange purpose, which we'll talk about next time, to fill up and complete their sins, which means something, it seems, is about to happen. What is it?